Let's rewind about a year and a half ago when Brian Kelly got hired to be the head football coach at LSU. Both fans and non-LSU fans alike asked the question, well, how in the world is a guy from Boston who spent the ent- his entire career as a coach in the Midwest going to recruit in the state of Louisiana? How in the world is that going to happen? And Everybody was so worried about it. Let me ask you this question now. How do you feel? now you are locked on lsu your daily podcast on the lsu tigers part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Well, thanks for making Locked on LSU your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, you can also find us on YouTube as well. Just search Locked on LSU in the search bar. Like, comment, subscribe, all that great stuff. Just happy that you're here with us. My name is Caroline Fenton, and you can find me on Twitter at Caroline Fenton one or you can follow me the, along with the podcast at Locked on LSU. Also, a very happy draft day to everyone. Round one of the NFL draft going down in Kansas City tonight. I'm going to have an LSU players in the draft breakdown at the end of the show, so make sure to stick around for that. But I want to start here because a massive, massive chunk of news just dropped as four, excuse me, five-star tight end Tredez Green from East Feliciana has officially committed to LSU. He went to his high school, had the full commitment, had the full ceremony on Wednesday. Um, You know, a hometown kid basically just to hop and skip away from LSU's campus. And this is, this is huge for the 2024 class for so many reasons. I'll start with, with the obvious thing. Maybe this isn't the obvious thing. I'll just start with one thing. Let's just do that. Getting top in-state talent. That's exactly what you're getting in Trey Des Green, a kid from East Feliciana committing to LSU. That's been one of Brian Kelly's biggest priorities from day one that he stepped foot in Baton Rouge all the way through now and will continue to be the driving force with how he wants to build this program moving forward is doing it with the talent in Louisiana, Louisiana, specifically South Louisiana, just look at Baton Rouge and, and New Orleans and the surrounding areas. That is one of the most talent rich, if not the most talent rich areas in the country. And you can look at Florida and Georgia and Texas and South um, Southern California, and you can make arguments for all of those. I'm not I'm not saying that's wrong, but South Louisiana is something special now. And you if, and if you let those uh, those players go elsewhere. You're already behind the eight ball. I've said it before and I'll say it so many times again. LSU is in a very unique and privileged position. Being the one big time program in the state of Louisiana. That's not a knock on ULL. That is not a knock on Southeastern. That is not a knock on Tulane. It's not a knock on Louisiana Tech. It's just simply reality. Alabama competes with Auburn for in-state recruits. South Carolina competes with Clemson for in-state recruits. Florida competes with Florida State and Miami for in-state recruits. Don't even get me started on the state of Texas or the states of California. If you grow up in Louisiana, you want to go to LSU. So for Brian Kelly 
to be able to keep a lot of this top talent home, especially when that was one of the early concerns about Brian Kelly was how in the world is he going to be able to recruit kids from South Louisiana? You know, a guy from the Northeast, a guy who has spent the entirety of his, of his career at Michigan or at Notre Dame, recruiting very different types of people from different times of families from different areas of the country. How in the world is that going to be able to work? Well, we saw it with the 2022 class. We saw it with the 2023 class incoming this spring and summer. And we're starting to see that come to fruition in the 2024 class. And Trey Des Green is one of a, of a, of a larger group of in-state kids that want to come play for Brian Kelly and for LSU. Just look at the top five prospects in the state of Louisiana right now. Dominic McKinley is the top-rated prospect, the five-star defensive lineman. He hasn't committed anywhere. You know, he has uh, offers from Alabama across the SEC. LSU is one of them. That is one player that LSU is uh, is recruiting very heavily. Number two, Trey Des Green. Like I just said, four-star, five-star tight end, depending on whatever website that you use. Um, I, I'm, For example, I'm using 24-7 sports. You can use on three, whatever you like to use. It's totally your preference. Um, Trey Des Green, the number two recruit in the state, committed to LSU. Tylen Singleton, four-star linebacker from uh, from Louisiana, hasn't officially committed yet to LSU, but all of the crystal balls have him very, very high on LSU. I can expect that to be an LSU commitment here soon enough. Now, uh, things change. I know. Until you know, pen goes to paper, anything can change. But that is one that looks hopeful that Tylen Singleton will be heading to Baton Rouge in 2024. Deshaun McBride, four-star safety, committed to LSU. Kalash Cobbins, four-star linebacker, committed to LSU. And then add in the sixth best player in the state, Wardell Mack, the four-star corner. He, same as Tylen Singleton, has not officially committed to LSU, but all of the crystal balls have him heading to Baton Rouge in the 2024 season. So where it stands right now, that is five of the top six, depending on Dominic McKinley and what he decides to do, kids in the, in the state of Louisiana, that have already pledged their commitment or are going to pledge their commitment more than likely to LSU. That is huge. Getting the number two player in the state, the number three player in his position in the country, and the number 56 player at any position in the country in trade as green. And he's heading to LSU over A&M or over Florida state over Alabama offers across the country offers at some of the top programs in the country, including LSU, and he is heading to LSU in the 2024 season. So that's the Louisiana recruiting part of it, that that was Brian Kelly's priority, and he's delivering on that. The second part of it is his position group, because if there's one thing that we knew about Brian Kelly, or at least one thing that I knew about Brian Kelly when he was named the head coach at LSU was Matt, Matt man loves him some tight ends. Loves him some tight ends. Kyle Rudolph, he coached in college. Um, Michael Mayer is one of the top tight end prospects in this year's draft. I know that Brian Kelly did not coach him this past year. Brian Kelly recruited him. Brian Kelly developed him at Notre Dame. And there are a million others that I'm missing that all of a sudden I'm just, you know, I can't think of. But Notre Dame is tight end you. And Brian Kelly has a whole lot to do with that. He loves the tight end position. I mean, we saw that from Mason Taylor. You know, Mason Taylor was a three-star recruit coming into LSU, was a true freshman this past season. I viewed him as a guy that was exciting to, to watch the development, just given how much Brian Kelly 
loves the tight end and how well Brian Kelly has developed tight ends throughout the entirety of his career. But then Mason Taylor turned out to being a fixture of this LSU offense later on in the season. So that's huge. So you've got a true sophomore, Mason Taylor, coming back in 2023. And the rest of that tight end room in this season, you've got four-star Mac Markway from St. Louis. You've got a four-star Camorian Pimpton, a uh, a recruit that LSU stole from Vanderbilt, and a three-star Jackson McGowan that they took from Cincinnati. So you've got Mason Taylor, who was, you know, lights out, was a really solid piece of this offense in his true freshman season, coming back for a year two. You've got three young guys, three true freshmen that I'm sure are, are going to be groomed and, um, and developed very similarly to the way Mason Taylor was. And then you go to the 2024 year, you've got Trey Des Green, four-star, five-star, again, depending on the recruiting site that you use. And then you've also got four-star Tavion Galloway coming in from Ohio. So in 2024, this is what your tight end room looks like. Junior Mason Taylor, sophomore four-star Mac Markway, sophomore four, uh, three-star, rather, Jackson McGohan, sophomore four-star Camorian Pimpton, freshman five-star Tradez Green, and freshman four-star Tavion Galloway. Holy moly, that is six tight ends that are ranked at the top of their position groups in the country. One of those being a homegrown Louisiana kid. I'm excited to see what this tight end room looks like this year and moving forward because we've seen Brian Kelly develop tight ends so well. I'm excited to see how tight ends are start starting to kind of sprinkle more uh, more prominence and relevance throughout LSU's offense because it's not something that we've seen a whole lot of. I'm excited to see what this team can be knowing the track record of Brian Kelly and Mike Denbrock with tight ends looking at the success that they've had recruiting and developing tight ends. And now LSU moving forward, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years down the line, LSU tight ends being basically a staple in the first round of the NFL draft, which happy holidays. Um, so I'm looking forward to it, but keeping good players home. That's Brian Kelly's priority. That's what he did in landing five-star tight end Trey Des Green from East Feliciana. Coming up next, football is not the only team on campus that landed a pretty solid commitment today. We will get into that coming up next. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want to sacrifice the calories, the sugar, the fat, then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. Seriously, built You've got to try it. If you're like me and you don't want to, and you you do want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, then Built Bar is the perfect thing for you. They are healthy and they taste amazing. They taste so amazing that they don't taste healthy. Like you don't know what I'm talking about. Whenever things taste healthy, it's probably not very good. But these are covered in 100% real dark chocolate, so they taste so good, and they come in flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. They taste like a candy bar, but they're healthy. They've got 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 13 grams of protein. So what I like to do, sometimes I get that 2, 3 o'clock slump throughout the day. So I'll just carry around a build Bar with me, and then I snack on that, and I am full for hours. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, which of course you can still do that, or you can go to your local Walmart, walk to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars, then you can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or the coconut puffs, 
You can also go to Sam's Club. So if you're close to that, run in, grab a 13-bar box with our Hit Flavors Brownie Batter Puff and Churro Puff. You can also, of course, find the specialty flavors still at Built.com. You can thank me later. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. Every dayers tomorrow on the show, we'll have a baseball breakdown plus a recap of night one and night two of the NFL draft. Where do the LSU Tigers end up at the end of the draft? We'll get into that on Friday's edition of Locked on LSU. But let's go back a few weeks. You know, obviously, LSU women's basketball wins the national championship. Alexis Morris gets taken in the first round of the NFL draft. And we are all on cloud nine for Kim Mulkey, for the entire team, for the entire coaching staff, for LSU, for the state of Louisiana, bringing home its 50th national title across all sports and school history. That's not something I take lightly. and It's not something that you should take lightly either. The fact that LSU is not just a a football team that brings home championships, that this is a school, this is an athletic department that brings home championships, but quickly pivoted to the 2023-2024 season. You have to these days. And you're all, ABR, always be recruiting. That's when the Haley Van Lith rumor started. So this was, it was Kim Mulkey a couple weeks ago before, uh, before anything went down. Kim Mulkey asked about Louisville, and I'll explain. In the back, back here. Yes, speak loud. Is Louisville going to be unhappy next year? Is Louisville going to be unhappy next year? Well, we don't play them, if that's what you mean, in case we're beating them. And I'll leave it at that, all right? And those of you who don't know what he's talking about, that's your problem. And if you don't know, now you know. Kim Mulkey was being asked about Louisville because Haley Van Lith, one of the top recruits coming out of high school, one of the top players in the country, had just entered the transfer portal. And she took a visit to LSU. It's something that I broke down in the podcast when it happened. Haley Van Lith's visit to LSU. And as of today on Thursday, it is official. Haley Van Lith is an LSU Tiger. I mean, I'm telling you, just commitments left and right, transfer portal, recruits coming out of high school. I, I can't even keep up with it these days. But this is this is what LSU is getting from Haley Van Liff. One, they're finding a replacement for Alexis Morris. Alexis Morris, of course, went to the WNBA. That was depth. That was production that needed to be replaced for this team coming up next year. What Number two thing that they're getting, a hell of a player. My goodness, Haley Van Lith coming out of high school was a top 10 recruit in that same year with Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark. I mean, talk about a recruiting class of just absolute, you know, gold coming out of that year. But she was a top 10 recruit along with those two uh, and was also the top transfer portal target in this year's transfer portal for women's college basketball. In 2022, at Louisville, she averaged just shy of 20 points per game. That was really a majority of her production. You know, four and a half rebounds a game, 3.2 assists. Um, but th- that's the biggest thing was offensive production for Haley Van Lith. So that's another thing that LSU women's basketball is getting. Offensive production, a player that can fill in some of those holes that have been left by players entering the NBA, the WNBA draft. And the third thing is they're just getting a gamer. Haley Van Lith is 
she's got a spicy personality now. And that's why I think that LSU is such a perfect fit for her. That combination of Angel Reese and Haley Van Lith, oh my goodness. I do not want to be on the receiving end of smack talk from those two. It's fiery and spicy personalities, and it is truly those two between Angel Reese and Haley Van Lith. And I know that the rest of this team also personifies uh, Kim Mulkey's personality, but it's really those two. And I think it's been a trickle-down effect from Kim Mulkey down to the players, down to the team, and how they play. They play with fire. They play with passion. They play with emotion. And they do not let down. They're a tough squad. And it's not it's not everyone's cup of tea. I don't think anybody is going to look at this LSU team before and especially after Haley Van Lith and say, wow, what a sweet group of girls, <laughs> really. But I view this as a team that just flat out wants to win of tough, physical, fiery basketball players. And adding Haley Van, I mean, that was even before Haley Van Lith, but adding Haley Van Lith, it's only adding gasoline into that fire. This is a huge addition for LSU women's basketball. And if there ever could be the perfect piece to fill into your team to kind of help out a back-to-back championship, to be the catalyst for winning two championships in a row, Haley Van Lith is the piece. She absolutely is the piece. Massive pickup for Kim Mulkey. Massive, massive addition for this team. And I'll tell you what, This is not the end for Kim Mulkey. Maybe not this year, but this is not the end of Kim Mulkey being an attractive landing spot and LSU being an attractive landing spot for some of the top players in the country. Watch out because here comes the next great dynasty of women's college basketball. Pretty strong words. I know. Coming up next, it is draft day. We will get into what the NFL draft gurus project from the NFLSU hopefuls tonight and throughout the rest of the weekend of the NFL Draft. We will get into that coming up next. Well, thanks again for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. LSU baseball on the road, taking on Alabama in a three-game series this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're done with Thursdays, I think. Thank goodness I'm done with Thursday games. I'll have a full breakdown of that Um on tomorrow's podcast. Make sure to check out for that for a little bit of an Alabama preview. But it is NFL Draft Day. And I would be lying if I told you that I wasn't a little bit bummed about there not being more of an exciting LSU prospect in this year's NFL Draft. And that's no disrespect to P.J. Ojolari and Keyshawn Booty and, and to Jarpernard Converse and to Anthony Bradford and all of the other players from LSU that are draft eligible. That is no disrespect whatsoever because I know for 100% certain whatever teams pick up these guys, they're getting good ones. But I feel like we've been so spoiled over the last few years, especially the 2020 draft. And then the 2021 draft with Jamar Chase, and then the 2022 draft with Derek Stingley Jr., that there was at least one, if not multiple, marquee players coming out of LSU that were expected to go number one overall, top five overall, top 10, at least in the first round. And that was always so fun. It was so fun to talk about that. It was so fun to watch those players take on the stage, wherever the draft may be that year. And for me to be able to say, I covered that guy. That guy went to LSU. I love him. 
it doesn't make it any less exciting for these individual players. But that's just kind of how I'm feeling going into the NFL draft. But it is going to be a fun one regardless. But where do the NFL draft gurus expect these LSU players to land? So for my radio show, I host a radio show in Nashville. I developed this system of grading mock drafts. And I chose five of the mock drafters that I thought were the best, the best of what they do, the NFL draft evaluators. And it was Dane Brugler of The Athletic, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com. It was Todd McShay of ESPN, Mel Kuyper Jr. of ESPN, and Peter King of NBC. I think those five are the best at what they do. I took all of their final mock drafts from 2019 on and came up with a point system, a grading system to evaluate how precise and how accurate their mock drafts were. And honestly, it was a super fun exercise to go back and see like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's right. People did think Malik Willis was going to be the uh, an, uh, 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 round one pick. Like, oh my gosh, I forgot about this guy. He was a huge hyped up prospect that year. And now we haven't really seen a lot from him. So it was really fun. It was a fun exercise to go back and do. But what I have found is that both Peter King and Dane Brugler have the best mock drafts, at least from 2019 on. But I went with Dane Brugler. I love both of those guys. They each have wonderful information, but I went with Dane Brugler because I feel like his mock drafts and his draft evaluation is super, super detailed. He's got a lot of information there. So I went to Dane Brugler's seven-round mock draft, which bless this poor man. I mean, he does his beast every year, which is like the top 20 prospects in every single position with pros and cons and evals on all of them. And then, oh, hey, like turn around and do a seven round map draft, not for the faint of heart. However, um, I looked at Dan Brugler's seven round mock draft to see where he projects all of these LSU players to go. Again, these are mock drafts. Again, anything can happen on draft night. Even the the best of the best, like the Peter Kings and the Dane Bruglers, get more wrong than they get right. But it's just a nice gauge to see kind of what the uh, what the NFL circles are saying about individual prospects. To no surprise, Dane Brugler has uh, has B. Joe Jolari as the first LSU Tiger off the board. Dane Brugler has B. Joe Jolari going 39th to Carolina in the second round consensus on Bijo Jalari is that he was going to be an early to mid second round pick. Now, I think that Bijo Jalari has late first round pick talent and potential. But as we all know, that's not always how things shake out in the NFL draft. So Bijo Jalari consensus across a bunch of mock drafts that I saw have him going early to mid second round. Bijo Jalari to Carolina, according to Dane Brugler. And then he only has four other LSU players getting drafted throughout the entirety of the draft. Anthony Bradford as the second LSU Tiger off the board going 90th to the Cowboys. I believe that's in the third round. Um, third LSU Tiger off the board, Kayshawn Booty at 150 to Washington. Jaqueline Roy as the fourth one off the board going 203rd to the Texans. And Jay Ward fifth, 209th to the New York Giants. Now, again, that is just a mock draft. That's just an estimation. So he has B. Joe Delari going in the second round, has Anthony Bradford going in the third. And beyond that, it's just, you know, late thirds, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders. I would be surprised, honestly, if Jacques Bernard Converse doesn't go at least like in the sixth or seventh round, just because of what he was able to do at LSU's pro day. I know since his pro day and his, his interviews, the meetings that he had with several NFL teams, 
his draft stock skyrocketed. So that was one name that I was a little bit surprised to not see, at least going late in the in the NFL draft in the sixth or seventh round. And I know that you you might hear that. Maybe you don't, but maybe you do. You hear that and say, well, that stinks. You know, well, I'm late in the in the NFL draft. Don't sleep on the late rounders. I mean, I'm not counting out the fact that Jay Ward could be a, a lights-out safety for the New York Giants if they take him in whatever round this is. I believe it's maybe the fifth or sixth at 209. I don't know. Um, it's Look, it, it's a solid draft for LSU players. We take for granted the Joe Burrows going number one overall and the Derek Stingley's going number three overall. Um, whoever gets B. Joe Delariano for certain is getting a good one. Whoever picks up these guys, they're getting good ones. It may not be as purple and gold laden of an NFL draft night one night as we're very used to, but that's an even even more LSU players going into the NFL, playing at the highest level in sports, playing on Sundays. And that is another recruiting tool that Brian Kelly, that Mike Denbrock, that Matt House, that Brian Pullian can continue to use. Is look at all these guys. Doesn't matter if it's the first round, doesn't matter if it's the seventh round. Look at all these guys playing on Sundays. That came through Baton Rouge. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making Locked in LSU your first listen every single day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. Baseball breakdown plus a recap of the NFL draft. All of that coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked in LSU.